Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello everybody and welcome to the greatest thing you can ever do on your Wednesday or Thursday, I guess if you're listening to it, maybe even Friday. It's the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast Wednesday edition with our buddy Chris Vaccaro. Wow, no pressure there, huh? The greatest thing you can do on your Wednesday, but we're going to try and live up to expectations. What are you doing? Uh, on your Wednesday. You. All right, there you go. And our other Fat buddy, Brandon Mar- Oh, wow. All right, talk over that. <laughs> <laughs> and our other buddy, Brandon Marielle. Hi, 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 hi. Best thing on Wednesday. Thank you very much. Brandon, by the way, that lasted one week. Remember, he said from now on he was going to introduce you first. And because I always mess up the <laughs> intro and nuts. cut in. So there we have it. Oh, my God. That was a two-second throwaway line. How do you remember, how do you remember that? Mm, I remember everything. <laughs> you, probably, you probably do have that written down in your notes. Mm-hmm. Mention it if he introduces me first. <laughs> anyway, we've got a great show today. Uh, basically, a half-hour uh, uh, Heineke talk. And then uh, the last half hour is going to be... we just lost our listeners. And the last half hour is going to be uh, Houston Texans. So let's jump yes. right into it. And there they go. Let's talk about Fab uh, and waiver wire and stuff like that. Uh, we are basically the first show. I know we have a show that talks about who you should get. This is basically who you got. Although, Vaccaro, uh, does the wire run tonight in NFFC? Yes. Yes, always Wednesday night. What leagues are you in that it runs Tuesday night, Nanda? Uh, like at 90% of the leagues in the world. Basically. Oh, God. No. What? Yeah. I don't have any leagues that run on Tuesday night. Because you only Fab, play in NFFC like leagues. I'm in a million of them. Brandon, no, when years wrong? I'm in a hundred. Uh, I'm in a lot of outside of NFFC leagues. None of them run on Tuesday night. I think almost all of my Yahoo and then that my fantasy league. Mm, when are they going to get a nap? Uh, and uh, yeah, they all. They, I got a lot of them today. Yeah. Yeah, they're already done. Wait, yeah, they're already done, right? The, the entire However, world. However, yeah, I mean, that's the whole point here is that, like, I, I wrote about it um, yesterday, too. Once your waivers run, you run to your league and see who people dropped. Overreaction week one is the beautiful time to pick up a lot of people that no one paid attention to snap counts, no one paid attention to whether or not they were injured or what the deal is. If they're coming back, they got a little eager. Go pick up the people that shouldn't have been dropped. This is your moment, either today or tomorrow. Especially if it's free-for-all after the waiver wire is run, after the fab runs. A lot of leagues revert to that, right? Yeah, but either way, less people spend big money on the second round of fab. Yeah. So this is still the right time, no matter what, however you're set up. But you're right. Know your league settings. Always rule one. 
All right, Chris, let me ask you this. If we get into too much waiver wire stuff, is it going to ruin your fab bids and your big money oh. leagues? I don't know. All right. No, we can talk about everything here, Nando. We're an open book. Ah, okay. That says the guy who didn't say one word about Lamar Jackson all preseason and then announced yeah. the world that I mean, was his I most added tweet. quarterback. I, yeah. I, I saw that tweet. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, was kind of, it was kind of silly of you to say that. I mean, I, I, <laughs> But, like, who didn't <laughs> like Lamar Jackson? Well, if you were to listen to this I show, mean, Chris Vaccaro... No, nobody ever said that. But you know what, Nanda? See, we're getting off topic. We're getting off topic. Let's talk about Elijah Mitchell. (laughs) Go ahead. Let me me frame this for you. Elijah Mitchell, everybody was on him. Uh, A guy in one of my leagues, in one of those stupid leagues that runs fab last night, spent all $100 of his fab money on him. Um, Wow. Yeah. Uh, 100%? 100%. There's zero bids, obviously. But, like, yeah, 100 bucks, 100% went all in on Elijah Mitchell. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's I'm torn, and I basically just wanted to work this out here. I mean, people have him now. I guess what do you do with him? But um, Dernis Johnson last year was very famously my undoing. Yeah, um, your boy. Yeah, but I mean, like it may, he did the same thing that Elijah Mitchell did. Trey Sermon's still in the backfield. Jermichael Hasty, everyone was all over last year, like to the point of annoyance. Um, like the the Forty ers don't generally, or even the Shanahan system, it doesn't. It's not really set up for like just Elijah Mitchell to be the guy. Um, Chris, what's your plan? How do well? Don't give it too detailed in case Glenn Lowy's listening. But what's your what's your idea with Elijah Mitchell here? Like, is this is this fool's gold or is it a real deal kind of thing you can have for the next sixteen weeks? No, this is. I, I think it's the real deal, but I also think you have to put it in context the way your team is built. Um, and I think you know once you go through your your uh you know your team, maybe you're a team that drafted three solid running backs well you're not the guy that should be going heavy on elijah mitchell but if you're a zero rb build or uh you know the one bell cow and all you feel that you're missing is that rb2 well to maybe go and get him in week one and have him for these next 15 weeks and plug in the missing piece on your on your fantasy team this is the guy to do it for so depending on you know what your team looks like that's how much I would, you know, bid in terms of percent-wise on Elijah Mitchell. But, you know, it was a complete surprise to many that Trey Sermon was inactive. And after Mostar goes down early in the game, the kid Mitchell is uh, passes the eye test. He's going to get the bulk of the carries. Sure, you have to worry about the shenanigans, um, you know, with, with Hasty and... Can Sermon, can we get duped here? Can Sermon come right into the lineup and dominate carries? Yes. Uh, it's possible. It's definitely possible. But I think that's why it makes the Elijah Mitchell sweepstakes tonight in fantasy uh, fab bids uh, so tricky and so interesting the way people view it. I view it as this guy is going to be 15, 20 carries uh, a week and uh, he's going to be a solid RB2 and maybe for the whole season. So I, I would bid accordingly on that. Brandon, uh, since you and I are um, – is Philistines the right word? And we have our, we have our fab runs on Tuesday nights. How did, you, how did your Elijah Mitchell bidding go? Did you – A, did you put any bids in for him? B, how badly did you lose them to, to over-eager Mitchell bidders? Yeah, I'm sure I, I actually haven't had time to check today. I, I saw that some of my six, you know, waiver wire – bids were successful somewhere. I, I really kind of was like, I'd rather get Tim Patrick, which I actually took him last in almost all of my deep leagues anyway. So I have him on a lot of rosters already, but I went all in on Tim Patrick all over the place. Um, Would you like four, dollar, four out of a hundred? Three out of a hundred? all in, man, Brandon. Yeah, no, I did. Um, 
I think I did like five or ten. All right. I went I went pretty high on him. So I got him in almost everything. Because uh, I figured I didn't have as many zero RB builds as I thought I did because I actually kind of hit with a lot of the later ones. So I looked at it and I was like, I'm not going to comp- – like I think I put like 15 or 20 in or something, or, or whatever, for Elijah. I knew I wasn't going to get him. Because someone in your league is going to put in 50 at least. At least. Know. Yeah. I had at a, least. I had a 62. So I, I was like – I mean, it would be irresponsible to not put it in just in case everyone else had my mentality. But I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this dude. And that's fine. I don't need him per se. So... um, Do you think he's going to be good? Is he going to be great? Yeah, I do. No, I don't have a problem with him. I have a problem with Kyle Shanahan. I have a problem with the way San Francisco has run their running back by committee for years. Um, You know, and I think that if Trey Sermon has a couple good games, I don't think there's any allegiance to him. And, no. and and by the way, he yeah, he was a healthy scratch to teach this guy a lesson, but I'm not necessarily going to believe that's all, all season. Now, if you are zero RB, I completely agree, though, with Chris. Like, you have to go in on this guy because he could be a 15 to 20 touch guy if – and and that would be smart of San Francisco to do because it looked like he was great. I agree. I, I don't see any problems here other than just Shanahan, San Francisco, whatnot. And that's why, like – I was kind of on the I was on I was under the impression of like yeah okay this would be good but like I'm not going to cry at night if I don't get him and I know everyone else is going to overpay so I'm fine with it but uh yeah this could be the James Robinson that everyone's talking about absolutely yeah. I'm less committed to that though than I was for James Robinson based on where he is You know the yeah I mean he could possibly be this year's James Robinson and sure. the you know the reason why Sermon was inactive and Mitchell you know, got the playing time is right out of the gate. Even though um, Mitchell is the sixth round pick, Sermon the earlier round pick, you know, Mitchell picked up the system a lot quicker. He ran this exact scheme and system in college. So he hit the ground running. And even though Sermon was, you know, running ahead of him depth chart wise all summer, you know, the Niners closed off practice the last couple of weeks before going into the season. That's obviously when they made the switch. They didn't want to tip their hand. But um, I, I could see this. I, I, I like the fact that Shanahan, Shanahan doesn't care. He, he's like, all right, no, I, I know that Sermon is, you know, our higher round pick. But the kid Mitchell's yeah, running better, picking up the system better, ran it in college, knows the, the zone blocking scheme, all that. Let's give him the, he deserves it. And he passed the test in week one. So I'm in on him. I'm in on him. You know, I like? just feel like there's a hot hand smell happening. Like, I, if it, it would not shock me if this became a hot hand offense. But if you look at the snap counts and usage across the league, it's actually hard to avoid these committee slash hot hand situations in full. So it's not like you can just have three bell cows. Okay, uh, you know th- that's incredibly rare right now. You're just not going to have it. So it it's it's like I'm I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth here, where I just kind of feel like he's a dude who's on a team where he's probably the lead, but there will be some weeks where I'm going to be very very frustrated, and I just have to be comfortable with that. And 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 listen, that's football today. That is football in 2021. That's how I feel about it. Well, if you got Gus Edwards, I mean, you know, like. It seems like that's that another be, one that would boost a little more money onto Mitchell too. You know, like although I like there's Brent a lot Brown. of there's a lot Nando. Like you know, you just said it, Gus Edwards. If you're the Gus Edwards team coming into the season, you you know most people lost him 
after they drafted. So that's one. If you're the Raheem Mostart drafter, you know, this is another reason to go in and go get Mitchell. And even if you're not hurt at the running back position and you're someone like me who got crushed in week one with losing a ton of Jerry Judy shares that was in your starting lineup, now you got to replace him in, in your starting lineup. Well, if you go grab Mitchell off waivers tonight and you're the lucky winner for him, you kind of just replaced your flex player right there. So there are teams, uh, you know, besides the builds, there's also certain draft teams that were drafted losing those particular guys that should be in on Mitchell as well. Oh, hold on. I, I got I got Mitchell in my Yahoo League. You did! Yeah, look at that. For Gus Edwards. Aww. That's why I was bringing that up. $62 bid. $62 bid. On 100? Beautiful. Out of 100. There you that's- go. And that's, you and you know, 62% is going to be, is going to be a popular number right around there. Anywhere from 40 to 80%, I think you're going to see from Mitchell tonight. I agree. And the thing is, I do want to say, they did not game, game plan for Elijah Mitchell to lead this backfield. So I, I think we also act like, see, they chose him. No, they chose, chose Raheem Mostart, who, who's out. Okay, so like it, this was all a response. I'm not saying that that means that this isn't going to come forward, but I think that the idea that like, oh, he's the guy, he's been the, you know, we just didn't realize it. No, the guy was still Mostert. So those of you that, that, that drafted Raheem Mostert made the right decision. I do yeah. want to say that. He was the dude. He got hurt. And so I will be very interested to see what they do when they actually game plan for Elijah to be the guy and if, how much that is, he could totally be the dude. I mean, he had 19 um, carries, right? And then we love that. He didn't have any targets, none. Uh, so those of you that are like, you know, I hate all running backs that don't get targets, you might be a little nervous. But, um, but Derrick Henry's but doing hey. fine. Derrick Henry's doing all right for himself. Is he? Well, not well he was week one last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but oh, uh, Tennessee in general, though. I mean, ugh, poor Ryan Tannehill. Someone get him an ice pack. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm just saying that, that they did not game plan for this. I want to be really clear. So we do not know what a game plan with Elijah Mitchell looks like yet. But I'm crossing my fingers. I'm hoping he's the best pickup of the year. All in. He's a, he's a raging Cajun like our friend Emory Hunt. Actually, a running back who played for the University of Louisiana. So oh. got a little special place in our hearts here at the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Love it. How about that, Chris? I mean, everybody should love someone the way Nando loves Emory Hunt. I'm telling you, man, he's amazing. <laughs> I mean, do you it's go true. a day without mentioning lovely. Emery Hunt no, on Twitter I think he's, I think or he's in life? A very underutilized asset for fantasy players. Okay, right? I'm, I'm going to keep saying it until he's got two hundred thousand followers, and then they'll be like, "Yeah, dude, we know." Thanks. There you go. You'd be I the do it for number you too, one Chris. cheerleader. No, you don't. I am your number Moving one cheerleader. On. <laughs> I just want to point out the last the last thing I want to point out, just kind of going off of what Brandon said, David Lombardi wrote a great column on The Athletic back in May about Mitchell and how um, he's like a one cut guy. And some people see that as a detriment, but Shanahan loves it. Like that's the Shanahan system yeah, is one fits cut. It's the run. system. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But it's yeah. a great it's a great column. Should, I don't know. Search David Lombardi, Elijah Mitchell. It'll pop up. Um, Chris, I want to go back to you real quick. Since you swore you would never text me ideas for the show again but you did <laughs> i just i'd like to give you the floor now uh go yeah wow what a great setup <laughs> well i mean you we're really talking about 80 percent of what you you're really killing it you're really killing it today nanda you're on your a game 
Like, what What did he suggest? I mean, what was that? Yeah. Was, all right, who are you overreacting to, and who are you reacting to? I was going to say, that's wanted, it. Right? Yeah. No, come on. Go ahead. Uh, who am I overreacting to? That's in, what you texted in, me. You in said, hey, good man. and bad? No, I'll tell you I'll tell you who. Did you get the flowers? Uh, and then I got an idea for the show, even though I swore I'd never bring up any more ideas for the show. Okay. So uh, Corey Davis, uh, for sure, is, is one that um, I, I was in on. I moved him as far up the draft board as I possibly could in, in high stakes draft these last couple of weeks. I still feel like I didn't even get enough shares of him and that he is a possible every week wide receiver, too, who should have been going in that fourth, fifth round range instead of that eighth, ninth round range. That's definitely one. Um, he could so be I love what I see one. out of him. Maybe well, I mean, wide receiver know, one. We're talking now, top twelve. So that's yeah, a little could... far fetched. But hey, with the Jets, anything's with possible. Got to remember, he is a you know a, a top four overall draft pick. Uh, he might have just taken a couple of years to come into his own. We saw him break out and blow up last year in in Tennessee and earn the big contract. He is the apple of Zach Wilson's eye and the top target in New York. Didn't love the way Elijah Moore hit the ground running. That could be a draft mistake of mine. Uh, I have a lot of shares of him. Uh, and one regret, speaking of regrets, and I've had a many after week one, uh, you know, Elijah Moore compared to Mike Williams on the board was a decision I always felt I had in most of my drafts as my wide receiver five. And I think this is the Mike Williams breakout year. We talked about it in you the last Mike month. Williams. You've been saying this I for love the last Mike five Williams. years. This is the same exact line you've said for the last five years. Yeah, That's well, you know what? Good things come to those who wait, maybe. Because after week one and seeing his target share and the way that offense is humming um, and that there's not much in the pass game besides Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, uh, Mike Williams is going to be probably one of the best decisions you could have made on the draft board this year, in my opinion. So, I mean, I have a ton of, of lookbacks and, and regrets already, and I have a ton of guys that I loved and hit on um, that I think were smart picks, like the DeAndre Swifts and Miles Sanders in those mid-rounds, like fourth and fifth rounds where they were falling, which I thought was not, um, you know, not the right decision in drafters' eyes. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, anyone else? Yeah, I don't want to go through all of them, Nando. Well, I'd like to make sure you got room to breathe here. You know, like you make requests, and I don't want to just give it the short shift. You know. Okay, thank you. Uh, here's you- my oh, here's ahead, my Brandon. problem with Mike Williams is that I feel like this is every year he'll have a massive great game, and then we go down to you know point nine points, and then he goes back up to like twenty points, and then he goes back down to like two point two points, and that if you look over his game logs for his career, that's the problem with Mike Williams is mm-hmm. that when you get him and he's fabulous, he's really fabulous, and then he disappears. And I'm hoping this is not the case this year, but that was my hesitation every time I saw him on the draft board. Now, I have him a couple places because sometimes it just got too good to be true um, because I feel like everyone feels this way about him, right? So we've all been scarred, but now we, our most recent example is a is a great game. He played, you know, 70-some percent of, I think it was 75% of the snaps. Yeah. But he did the same thing last year. He was paying, if you look at his game log last year, uh, beginning of the season, throughout the whole thing, most of the time he's playing seven. 70 to 90% of the snaps last mm-hmm. year, too. So, so the snaps even aren't indicative 
of what his production has been in the past either. I'm hoping this is the breakout season. Yes. But they, the people behind him are young. They're rookies. They're trying to work them in slowly. I, I don't – I'm not quite sure it's going to stay at this level the whole time. Um, that's why I'm not as worried about rookies in week one, period. I just feel like this, the it's common that they get worked in slower unless they're at the running back position. So um, I, I don't know. I, I feel – I, I put in for Mike Williams where he was available, which, yes, he was available in leagues for me, which is so out of control. Um, but I, uh, you know, I also wouldn't be surprised if I got a 2.2 next week. So that's cheers. it. It feels like this guy's 45 years old and it's just like we know the story. About <laughs> no, yeah. And, and he's young. Like, but like, I love the he, fact that Lombardi comes in. Uh, you know, we heard this narrative all, all offseason with going to play the Mike Thomas role in his offense. And you know what? So far, he's one for one. In that role, you know, there was a lot of, you know, these last couple of years sending Mike Williams down the field as the downfield threat and Keenan Allen being, you know, and, and others, you know, uh, being the underneath threat. And don't forget, we take Hunter Henry, who was a big target in this offense, out of the offense. Sure, we bring in Jared Cook, but he's older. He's a, he's a distant third option, I think, in this pass offense. And now this season with Lombardi, Mike Williams is running, you know, more shallow routes. So I see all arrows pointing up. Mike Williams, my only regret, um, you know, I drafted him a ton, like I said, but I didn't have him in that week one lineup. And I had to stare at his 24 points uh, a lot on my benches and I could have used it in week one. So he's he's in my lineup going forward. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's a solid uh, play the rest of the season. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, I feel like we gave, um, I don't know, like not enough attention. And maybe I mentioned this last week. I don't remember anymore. But like if we – have we not really talked about these new offensive coordinators and like how like – when people are talking about Mike Williams before, you know, this week, it was, you never heard about Lombardi. You know what I mean? Like it, it was just kind of like – I think maybe people just assumed Anthony Lynn was still the head coach there. And to say, you know, talk about Anthony Lynn, like, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm not sure people paid enough attention to the new offensive coordinators. Like Nick Sirianni, what he did with Philadelphia. I watched the first – at least the first quarter of that, just that game. Um, and then I turned everything off, Chris, like you said, and just didn't even watch football the rest of the day. Yeah, would you watch soccer on Sunday, Nanda? <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, went for a walk in the park? Went for a walk in the park. It's all right. Me and Brandon were watching football, so we'll, we're good. I fed geese. We'll see fed some geese. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, like, that Philly offense looked great and different and quick. They did. You know, like, the the... I don't know the Quez Watkins quick outs and stuff uh, like that. You know what they did, but I, you know, it's been a big talk the last couple of days is this Philly offense with Sirianni. Let's let's see a couple more times in a couple more weeks. 
they were fed the Atlanta defense, and Atlanta sucks. They're like one of the worst three teams, both sides of the ball, um, you know, for Atlanta. So I'm not that impressed, you know, with Philadelphia. What I am impressed with, and, and another guy that oh, I want to throw like out here. You sound like a Johnny Giants fan, by the way. Devontae Smith. No, Johnny Giant fan. I, I, I want to, like, hand in my Giants, like, fanship because they're just so bad. We'll get to them in a minute. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> Must we? But Devontae Smith, you know what? Let's talk about all the rookies. Like, they all passed the test, I feel. You know, Jalen Waddle, great pick hot, on the board. Hot. Uh, Devontae Smith passes the eye test, and it was a steal in drafts going in the 70s and 80s of draft as your wide receiver three or four. He's going to be the lead guy in Philadelphia. And then Jamar Chase, who was falling down the draft boards in Cincinnati because of his drop issues and. You know, he went from a fourth rounder to a fifth rounder to a sixth rounder to my last draft of the season. I got him in the eighth round. Wow. He just sat on the board and I was like, I can't believe nobody's touching this guy. I'm going to take him. Um, all these rookie receivers, again, it looks like this year are going to be a hot commodity all season long. Did you read that Jamar Chase story? Uh, I think Paul Daner did it where Chase was just very open about it. He's like, yeah, man, the college ball. Yeah, has the white has the white stripe. Bad, and you can see it. And that's what kept I looked that at. To, yeah, he should have kept that to himself. Oh, why? Like, I thought, that was you know pretty know awesome. I, mean? I thought it was great. He's not like, yeah, I can't. Like, you know, I've lost no. the ability to catch the ball. He's just like that used to be my reference point, and it's gone. And I just got to figure out how to find another reference point. Well, he he caught it pretty quick, and and he caught right. it pretty good on uh, week one. So, and he was he was on the field the most out of all. Uh, he was on the field more than T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. He ran the most routes. He got the most snaps. So, I mean, talk about hitting the ground running. He can be the most, one of the biggest steals on the draft board. I love that Cincy offense. We've talked about it all summer. It's my favorite offense to invest in all off season. Ton of shares of all these guys. And uh, I love it. And uh, Joe Mixon, my boy, one yeah. for one. Uh, Brandon, uh, I, w- I want to just squeeze in some more things here. It's already, we're already half hour in. So you have fun. You don't realize how fast it goes. Um, but on Thursday night, I know it seems like eons ago at this point, Antonio Brown had a game. Rob Gronkowski had a game. Um, I forget who pointed it out on Twitter, but someone's like, yeah, Gronk and Kelsey are the same age. You know, like, think about that. Um, yeah. Uh, did, did either of those, I guess those two, I don't know, maybe Tom Brady could throw in there too. Um, is that is that a duo that you might be like, yeah, you know, we as a general fantasy group, Pretty much completely missed on Gronk and Antonio Brown. All the signs were there. Or is it like that was just one game on a Thursday that they, you know, they came out, did their thing, and it's going to just be weird now the rest of the way? Like Mike well, Evans isn't going to be pushed aside the entire season, right? No. Right. I, and that's, uh, yeah. I um, I actually have way more Antonio Brown and Gronk in my life than I do Mike Evans and Godwin. And the reason I think we discussed it on the show is that there will always be an odd man out. And it'll, it'll rotate. And because Antonio Brown and Gronk were so much farther down the draft boards, that's where I decided to invest in the Tampa Bay offense is because it was way too high for me because you do not want those five-point games from Mike Evans, where you drafted him. Whereas if I got Antonio Brown, I know when I'm going to play him, that, you know, he he's not even, I mean, frankly, I got him as like my wide receiver four 
or five, I think, even in some of these leagues. So uh, he started going up at the end of the draft season. But honestly, like, you know, he got him really, really cheap. And then Gronk, I took as like a backup tight end, like a dude, like whatever. So, um, yeah, but the thing is, is that it's going to rotate because all three of them are not going to score 20 points per game. That's not going to happen. That will not happen. Who it's going to be? We don't know. And so this week it was Mike Evans that was the odd man out. Next week it might be Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown. But in my opinion, Antonio Brown is an always in the flex position conversation guy. But I he still is – I need to see it a little bit more. I still think one dude's always going to be out and I'm going to be real frustrated. But I'm also going to be real frustrated – like last week when he's on my bench and he's just sitting there scoring points. So he's a, he's going to be frustrating, but I think it will be worth it in the end. But I, I do think this is going to be the pattern. Not one dude's going to get five points, three points, or whatever mm-hmm. a game, and we don't know who's going to be. That's going to be the tough part of this offense and, and owning uh, you know, uh, shares of each of these guys is exactly what you said. Each week, someone's going to have to take a back seat. Mike Evans was week one. I, I, would, I would rank Mike Evans top. 10 this this week even maybe even higher coming in versus atlanta you know brady's gonna go right to him he even said so in an interview that i caught that you know yeah it was you know mike took a back seat in in week one but he's gonna have his big games and he's gonna be and and brady's like that you know brady knows all right everybody ate last week except evans you know, we got to get Mike Evans in the end zone this week. So I'd be shocked if Evans didn't have the big numbers this week. The guy that I would have to bet on as the odd man out, if we're just looking at the four, is Gronk. You know, it was a primetime game. The defense was focused on, you know, shutting down the receivers. Gronk was left wide open. Uh, I, I I think that's Gronk's biggest game uh, for the rest of the season. At the same time, was he a, a steal and a value? For where he was going after tight end yeah. 15, tight end 20 range, just an aftermath as a backup tight end. Yeah, because I could see Gronk making a run at a top 10 tight end season uh, just based on how bad the position is. So he's going to be a nice, um, you know, plug and play tight end. And I think this is also a good time to talk about how right now it's really hard to gauge matchups because we don't have enough information about defenses, but you will need to look at the matchups for Tampa Bay every week. If it's a weak matchup for the tight end, Gronk is going to score touchdowns. You're going to want him to get him in there. If um, there's going to be someone that's shadowing, um, you have to make a guess as to who they're going to decide to shadow when you have three big wide receivers like that, but there's, you know, or are they going to stay on one side of the field, right? Who ch- dominantly is on the field that's weaker or on the side that's weaker. So you're going to have to look more at the defensive schemes to take your guesses for this team than maybe other teams where there's a clear number one. This is going to be, in my opinion, super matchup dependent every week. I like that point. That's a good point, actually. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, I, was, I was looking down to figure out we should go next. Um, I don't know if you guys want to go Giants. If you two would like to go, a quick hit on Zach Moss versus Trey Sermon and which inactive worries you more. Um, or we could talk, I know Vaquero's a big Aaron Rodgers guy, or at least he used to be. And uh, I don't know. like <laughs> Forever in my heart. The problem is, if we talk about the Packers, like, what are you going to, like, Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to drop Aaron Rodgers. You know, you're probably going to start him no matter what. 
Um, Aaron Rodgers, did you just say? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, what advice can we give you about Aaron Rodgers? He's like, he's just moving. No, it's, he's, listen, yeah. it was one bad game, but at the same time, I don't want to completely throw it away because I was a little worried on this offense. You know, just it looked bad. It looked, it looked real really bad, bad, and they didn't look yeah. prepared to come into the season. And you know, they're missing Bakhtiari on that offensive line, and it's gonna hurt. And I was worried about this offensive line that wasn't that great. To begin with, especially losing Corey Lindsley and then Bakhtiari. That's their two best linemen. So, um, you know, Aaron Jones does absolutely nothing week one. Devontae Adams, you know, it was, uh, uh, you know, he gave up obviously not a Devontae Adams game. And Rodgers kills his owners and gives us basically a zero point game in week one. But you look up week two, Monday Night Football, they have the hapless Detroit Lions defense coming into town. Uh, they're going to bounce back and they're going to get healthy real quick, the Packers, and they're going to put up real, uh, they're going to put up big fantasy points. It's just coming into the season, I would have done this just after week one. I would have had Tyreek Hill ranked wide receiver one instead of Devontae Adams. Um, and even maybe even DeAndre Hopkins over Devontae Adams. I don't want to say it's an overreaction. I just think those offenses are clicking and more in sync than the Packers are with less issues. So that's one thing I would look. And the Aaron Rodger, uh, the Aaron Jones people that were taking him in the first round, I don't think that's going to work out. All right. A.J. Dillon didn't – I mean, would you have – would you have taken now that we could discuss who you were actually taking in your drafts? Yeah. Would you have taken Aaron Jones in the first round before knowing what just happened, the debacle of week one? No, I was I was a complete fade of Aaron Jones this draft right. season. I don't even have one share of Aaron Jones, to be honest with you, because of my love for Joe Mixon and Nick Chubb in the mid second round. So I would always take those two over Aaron Jones. And then there was half my drafts where people were obsessed with Aaron Jones and took him late first round anyway, so uh, I was completely out on Aaron Jones. I was completely out on Najee Harris, and I was completely out on Antonio Gibson. Those are the three backs I have zero shares of, um, and Saquon Barkley, the, the fourth, as a matter of fact, no shares of any of those backs in, in the first uh, in the top twenty overall. I very I didn't diversify that much this year, which is a little. I don't want to say I always diversify a ton, but I I had my group of players. Early on in the drafts at the running back and receiver positions, and I just made a um, you know a combination of those guys, and I stuck to it this year. I didn't want to spread myself out too thin. The guys I wasn't in love with, I faded, and the guys that I did love, I went all in on. That's interesting. Yeah. You've never done that before. Yeah, I I don't know if I have any Aaron Jones. Too. I'm gonna have to check. I think that might be one that, for whatever reason, that part of the draft it just never it happened. Um, <laughs> we all have too many know? teams. I mean, we have way yeah, too many teams. Yeah, we have, we have yeah. too many teams. I'm like, when you get into, I actually think once you just get to double digits, which we're like, you know, all way above double digits, but I think once you get to like ten plus leagues, it's like you're like, wait, wait, did did I draft that person? And then certain leagues are just like more your favorites. You always hit all of them on before waivers, but you just some of them, you know, you're a little more cheery for. But the point is, is that I, I, I it was a weird point in the draft for Aaron Jones and. His draft stock was kind of weird, too, because it was affected by, you know, Aaron Rodgers' decision and what was going on and do we feel good about this and I do think that if you're not um, there, 
and there's all this animosity. I, I do think it it just created that bumpy start. So I'm hoping that this is a, a reality check. Everyone there is still talented. That's not the issue. But I think they need to just kind of get it together, which I know is oh. not <laughs> a super scientific term. But I kind of just wanted to scream at my like, TV the whole time, like, get it together. Like, what is going on? <laughs> you know. So I think if they can, it'll be okay. I just think you're, yeah, you're, you're just looking back and being like, yeah, I probably would have liked a little more of those Chiefs or a little more of whatever if you're a Packers person. I do have a lot of Aaron Rodgers in my life. And Better days That's, ahead. Better days um, ahead. Yeah, better Aaron days Rogers. ahead. He's Aaron Rodgers has gone mm-hmm. Hollywood. He can host ah. Jeopardy. He doesn't have to play. Like people talk about Urban nah. Meyer being like, I want to get out of here now. Can Aaron Rodgers just be like, you know what? I know you got me Randall Cobb, but screw it. Like I you know, I'm announcing no. I'm Andrew Lucking this and announcing no. my retirement. Nah, he's right too now. legacy no. ba- he's too legacy based. Uh, he's too football uh, obsessed. He's he's not gonna be one of these guys that's got his focus elsewhere and oh, he I needs another Super Jeopardy. Bowl. He's going for that second yeah. Super Bowl. You're right. He knows yeah. he's got the team. He wasn't worried at all. And uh, frankly, he's probably a little he embarrassed been. with his week one performance. And he's going to drop 350 and four touchdowns on the Lions this Monday. Oh, that's a bold yeah. proclamation. No, no I, not I, really. I agree. Uh, not yeah. really. I, I don't mean, think so either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's – I think Rodgers should be ranked top two, top three at the quarterback position this week. Right. Yeah. And, and he's totally someone that's in despite. Yeah. You know, I just think that the Packers in general, he is like, it's like Tom Brady. Like whenever people talk smack about him, I'm like, oh no, here yeah. he comes. Because it's like, they just have this like weird bat bat signal. You know, they're like, oh, now it's time. And then they gear up and they're like, and now I'm doing crazy stuff with my stats. Cool. You do you, Aaron. Listen to the, all the people mocking you and you do you because I need you. But uh, I would also say that I just think Green Bay in general did not know how to prepare for the New Orleans Saints without Drew Brees and kind of thought this was going to be a nice easing into the season. That's how I felt when I watched it. It felt like they were just completely unprepared. Yeah. Like top to bottom. Top to bottom. Uh, how about the Odell Beckham and Brandon Ayuk uh, no-shows in, in week one? The, uh, you know, surprise inactive from OBJ. Uh, you know, all the reports were, you know, he's – you know, trending towards playing. Everybody had him in line. I saw a bunch of people that left him in their lineup because it was the midday, you know, it was the four o'clock start and a lot of people get distracted and not pay attention to those 3.30 inactives. OBJ uh, sitting sitting out, that value that he looked at, that he looked like on the draft board all summer long in the 60s and 70s, uh, you know, has me a little worried because I do have a bunch of shares of Beckham and then the biggest mispricing on draft board all summer long we spoke about was how was Brandon Ayuk going where he was on the draft board end of fourth round, early fifth round all summer, and Debo Samuel going three, four rounds later. Uh, I just never understood why drafters were looking at the offense in San Francisco the way it was. Um, you know, I got a bunch of Debo and, and I don't, at that price, he was basically, I don't want to say free because he was an eighth, ninth rounder, but you know, you look up and you have the number one receiver on the 49ers now as your wide receiver four or five, instead of a, a bagel from Brandon Ayuk, who I think going into week two, you can't even think about starting him. 
Well, but here's what here's the problem with Kyle Shanahan. Now they're saying that Brandon Ayuk has a hamstring injury. Well, he had the hamstring that, injury three weeks that, ago, but he was on yeah. the punt return unit. So I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then and then they're saying that oh, that's why he fell down the depth chart now. And now they're saying, I mean, I have no idea. But that's the problem with Kyle Shanahan and and drafting anyone on that team other than George Kittle. And even then, I'm I'm. Dubious. So I, I think. Listen, Debo looked amazing, and I don't know how a coaching staff would be like. You know what? I think we should give him less work. Uh, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> so I think it'll stay there. But I don't think this. I think this Brandon Ayuk thing. I think Kyle Shanahan being all sneaky this whole preseason is just annoying me. So I just wanted to rage about it. That's all. I just think I think he's annoying, and I just wanted to say that. Have you thought? And this is a little off track, but whatever. Like so, watching Hard Knocks with the Raiders and watching John Gruden and the way he talks to the players like they're children. Um, I, like I just I look at some of these coaches and I'm like, how do these guys even like get motivated to play? First, like how do they like this is a, this is a, with social media, everyone's just smarter now. And like you know, how do you look at John Gruden and have him talk to you like this and be like, man, how can I take this guy seriously? He's asking me to bang on a table like I'm a child. Like I don't know. It's just always and like the same thing with Shanahan, like making these excuses. And uh, ah, oh, who's the okay? I'm blanking, but the dude who threw the flag, Joe Judge, Giants coach Joe Judge threw a challenge oh. flag on a touchdown because he said he wanted to get the referee's attention and lost the timeout because of that. Like, I don't know, man. Like, just, it's, I, I get it. Like, you know, people stay quiet and don't say bad things about coaches or whatever, whatever, when they're gone. But man, some of these guys, like, I just don't get how you like, you don't look at like Pittsburgh and be like, that's exactly what I want. You know, like I'm going to model myself after this. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. It just, it just hits me every time. You, someone brings up Kyle Shanahan with these ridiculous, oh, he's down the depth chart because he was injured when it's just, I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah. How do people? How do people continue? Like, do you feel better, motivated, and wanting to? Yeah, I. I Did you get that out? I agree. No, it's just like being motivated by coaches. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't get how some of them. Continue I, I to mean, these are they're they're highly paid athletes. I, I highly doubt they're looking at their coach to be motivated or not motivated. Well, if you can't expect, no, but you, you could also be annoyed. Week to week, exactly on a week to week basis. Yeah, a little bit. You're like, I'm a grown man and a professional, so can you just give me the assignment so that I can do it? Thanks. I mean, I could understand that mentality. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, hey, sometimes Chris. I'm like, I, you know, I, I, can you trust me to do this? I need to get – I felt the same way, like, and I I understand Justin Fields is great. We want him in there, everything else. Taking Andy Dalton out to get him out of his rhythm over and over again in that game was so absurd. And I know he got that touchdown and great, and Justin Fields did a great job doing that. But it, it was not worth it. Like, I, I, they needed to just get this guy in. And you could tell the whole time that Andy Dalton's like, listen, if you don't want me to be the starter, then just freaking pull me. This, just, just, like, let's not even do this. But, like, taking him in and out, most of those plays were to complete ridiculousness. Sam Fran did the same thing with Trey Lance, uh, you know, bringing him in, running some packages. The first touchdown was Lance, uh, you know, bringing him in. I think both teams are going to do this until they turn the offense over to these rookie quarterbacks, Fields and Lance. They're going to have little packages for them, maybe even a full series. So that's, um, you know, they want to get them ready for, for taking over. I heard about that Trey Lance touchdown on Monday. I couldn't believe it. Right? I don't know what that means. I'm um, joking. Because you think oh, I don't watch the games. Oh. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. No, that's what most um, people say when they listen to Nando Brandon is what? Uh, yeah, but I felt like it was so clear in this primetime game that Andy Dalton was not benefiting at all, and therefore the team was not benefiting at all. And I do want to say 
David Montgomery. That is a man playing football right there. Uh, he looks he sharp. Fantastic. Yeah, he looked, oh my gosh. He looked real just good. Yeah. But I was thinking to myself, I was like, why are coaches doing this? Like, just commit. Like, I don't understand. Why this not might just put be Andy, Fields in? This might be Andy Dalton's last start. They want to give him the start versus old team this week, week two versus Cincinnati. And if by any chance he doesn't play an absolutely great game, week three, I think, will be the, the start of the Justin Fields era in Chicago because Nagy and you know, even as much as he might want to, He's never going to be able to to walk away and ignore the fan base calling for Justin Fields. If the Bears are 0-2, you'll see Justin Fields under center week three. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Uh, let me really quickly, uh, you know, we're getting to the end of the show. I wanted to look at the most drop. Brandon brought this up and I, I actually play the same way. Chris, I don't know if you do, um, but if there's no, you know, if, if I'm not going after Elijah Mitchell, Chris, like you said, if the team's not built for an Elijah Mitchell, um, and there's no one else who jumps out at me. Like, you know, I didn't go after, I actually had Mark Ingram on a couple teams already. Um, oh, of course you did. Why not, right? <laughs> I play in deep leagues. Uh, yeah. I like seeing who got dropped. And um, in these silly leagues uh, that did fab runs last night, there's a whole most dropped set of data. And I just wanted to run them down real quick, maybe like the top 10, and just see if any of them jump out at you. Is like, yeah, I would jump on that. Uh-huh. Uh, so most are Fitzpatrick, Gus Edwards. They're just dropped because of injury. Michael Gallup, I found interesting because he's only going to be out for five weeks. Six weeks uh, it's tough to hold. I mean, it, it depending on how deep your league is to to drop uh, to not drop Gallup. If you're in a shallow bench, it could be looking at five, six weeks. And even when he does come back, what is he? Your wide receiver four, five. No he looked all right early. That. First quarter, he had a good first quarter. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, I understand. Uh, Justin Jackson, I get. And on the flip side, Larry Roundtree was picked up um, in 13% of leagues. He's up to 17% roster ship on CBS. He looks like the RB. He looks like the clear backup in, in, you know, in LA. Matt Ryan. You know, we didn't talk the Falcons. And I, you know, obviously that was they were Matt Ryan the looks wa- Matt Ryan looks washed, and I hope for. I really hope he can sneak out one more decent year. The team. You know, I'm not worried about Ridley at all. I'm not worried about Pitts. Those are the two main guys that, you know, you focus on in Atlanta. But the team's going to be playing from behind a ton. And you can kind of look at them the same way you look at Swift and Hawkinson in Detroit is these guys are going to eat a lot. They're going to get a ton of targets playing from behind. It's the type of, you know, 
Are they garbage NFL teams in real life? Yeah, sure. But for fantasy-wise, we could get a lot of fantasy goodness out of these types of players. Yeah, we do a betting live blog, and I think Atlanta was – there was I don't know, there was like an over – we had to do an update at halftime, and there was an over-under or something. And I'm like, yeah, you know, Atlanta's got the tools to actually come back and not win this game, but at least put up like another 14 points. So, you know, that'll push the over. Or that'll ruin the line that there's a – whatever, whatever. And it didn't, man. They, they were just flat yeah. all the way through. And it's like all these people complaining that Arthur Smith has gone from Tennessee. Like he's coaching Atlanta and we just saw what he could do. I don't think Arthur Smith is the problem or the missing link there. But sometimes teams take a while to adjust to new systems and maybe that's going to be September in Atlanta. Well, they got a new running back. They got a new tight end. It's not like these guys were ingrained sure. in the dirt cutter system. Oh. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the dirt cutter system. Uh, Brandon, um, you ch- chime in a little bit here if you'd like. Le'Veon Bell, one of the most dropped. Uh, although he's, I mean, he hasn't had a shot yet. Jerry Judy uh, dropped in eight percent of leagues. He's still at ninety-one percent roster ship, but can't can't do it. Can't do it. Mike Gesicki drop. Oh yeah, oh. Oh. <laughs> the worst. Yeah, I'm okay with that. So done with that guy. Thank God uh, I don't have any of them. So, no, I, I, uh, yeah. How about Sony Michelle? Yeah, I don't. There's no need. Zach Moss. Do you know, okay, so I, I said this in my article, okay, only one running back played in 100% of the snaps is Najee Harris. So um, I know that that didn't show up in the box score, but like the dude's the guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the people that are freaking out, you you want to look at snap counts. The second highest snap count, the only other running back that played over 90% of the snaps for their offense was Henderson. Yeah. And so- Could be a steal I, on the board, uh, Brandon. Yeah, so those of us that, that were like, you know what, I think like he's still the dude, uh, and I don't care that Michelle's there. I think we're right. I, I do. I, I don't see a big window for Michelle there unless there's an injury, of course, but like I just don't typically uh, pick up for injuries uh, in week one. In week one, I'm looking for upside now, uh, and then I, I can start doing whatever. But to me, you know, I just want to say Daryl Henderson was on the field the whole game. It's so. awesome. Well, I'm a, I'm a Daryl yeah. Henderson. Yeah, all right. Uh, Marquez Callaway was dropped <laughs> in a lot of leagues. Seven percent of the leagues they just cast him aside like a That's losing crazy. lottery ticket. Yeah. That's crazy. You should go pick him up. Uh, Michael Carter dropped down eighty four percent. Michael Hardman was dropped. Uh, let's talk, let's stop on him for a second. Actually, Michael Hardman and Elijah Moore were both dropped in a significant seven percent of leagues. Michael Hardman down to sixty five percent. Elijah Moore down to fifty four percent. Well, if you drafted, if you dropped Elijah Moore uh, after week one, you're an idiot, and you shouldn't be yeah. playing fantasy <laughs> yeah. football at all. You don't drop a guy with that type of upside for the season after one bad game. Now, if you want to drop McCall Hardman because he's got the Jasicki effect, like that's it, I'm done. I had enough of him. Uh, you know, that's fine. But even Hardman is a bad drop in any type of decent league because he's one injury away from Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to be in the second biggest piece in the past game uh, in Kansas City with Mahomes. Even being number three. I want to say, yeah, and also Callaway, guys, okay, he was by far, snap count, the number one wide receiver on the team. Mm -hmm. It was a weird game because Jameis Winston somehow threw five touchdowns with only 14 completions. So that's not going to happen again. And he's going to get usage. In terms of the wide receiver snaps, Callaway was on the field 84% of the time. The second wide receiver on the team was Deontay Harris for 44% of the snaps. 
Mm-hmm. He is the only wide receiver who's on the, the the field almost the whole time. So while, yes, it didn't show up, this is a perfect example of why you don't want to overreact. So in, I just want to say, uh, Jameis Winston is going to have to throw more than 14 times a game. It was a weird game. Green Bay was like, again, off their rocker. We already covered that. As far as I'm concerned, that is exactly what I'm talking about when I say go back to your league, see who they dropped, make the adjustments. Brandon, bring the, take that, Chuck. <laughs> Yeah, Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. Look at your snap counts. Now, I just I think that week one snap counts matter a lot. I, a usage I get more comfortable with in terms of how I'm gauging things later. But I want to know who's on the field, who earned that time, and and then I want to see because and then you have to put it in context. Again, 14 completions isn't normal for any NFL team, but it certainly isn't going to be normal for the Saints moving forward. And if he is double, literally doubling the next wide receiver in terms of time on the field, then he's the only guy they feel sure about. The other guys are going to go in and out, but he's the guy they're sure about. So, yeah. Anyway, that's how I analyze football. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me just before we wrap it up. A guy who kind of stood out to me, and I hate bringing it back to Atlanta, but I find them just so intriguing because they seem to have all this talent, and it's just something just seems like a little bizarro there. Cordero Patterson actually had a very good game. Um, he did. In ter- yeah, in terms of, of you know what he did with no. what he was given. Chris, I mean, no, look, no, what? Stop or like, no, don't pick him up. All of the above. Can you put? What him are, on you gonna, are you going to recommend <laughs> picking up Cordero Patterson no. now? I want to recommend keeping an eye on Cordero Patterson in case, for whatever reason, maybe Mike Davis isn't a – and I'm a Mike Davis guy. Maybe not a great fit because it was night and day watching Cordero Patterson run, and he looked like Travis Henry. He's a big dude, and that's who Arthur Smith had, you know, the last however many years we had success in Tennessee. Patterson was 7 for 54 and caught two passes for 13 yards. And I, it might be past the point now where we're like, yeah, he's a you know, wide receiver who plays a running back. Like, he's a running back now. And I don't know. I just think, like, what happens next week if he's 10 for 60 with a touchdown? Then what? Then you got to pay a lot more for him. All I'm saying is keep an eye on him. That's all. That's all. Okay. Agree or disagree? I, Brandon, go I just think I just think I'm you need agree. somebody to talk about, like, that's a gadget player until Tavon Austin comes back in a couple of weeks. So, But he's not, he's, not a gadget, but he's not a gadget player anymore. He's a running he's back. Good. I still think that Wayne Goldman, even though he wasn't active, will be the the RB2, uh, the backup to Mike Davis all season long. I just think that he got into over there late, and they just made him inactive uh, until he gets more caught up to the the offense. Um, So, no. I mean, I can't roster Cordaro Patterson. Brandon? I I hate... Um, enabling you, Nando. I really do. But, um, why? It's so fun. It's so fun, Brandon. I don't know why. Why? I love for it. I live for it. Uh, but I do think there's a little bit to consider there. Um, I got Mike Davis in quite a few leagues uh, because he was one of the last starting running backs that you could pick up. So if I waited, it made sense. I don't feel like a ton of regret, but I also don't love it. Let's put it that way. Uh, he didn't look good. Pa- Patterson did. I agree with you. He's he's only running as a running back right now. So that seems to be the big push. If Arthur Smith decides he is the Derrick Henry for this team, yeah, he's a massive pickup. I don't know if in week one I have rosters that are weak enough where that would make sense. 
like, because I liked most of the people that I drafted, at least enough to hold on to them, like we were talking about with Elijah Moore and whatnot. I don't want you to bail on people to pick him up. But I'm certainly watching what happens there because Atlanta needs to find an identity and yesterday, right? They are they're a disaster. And so we need to figure out what that looks like. Could it be something funky with Patterson? Maybe. My problem is... Running back is a tough position on your body, and it is it is hard. And we have never seen Patterson do a full anything, let alone a, a full game, full season at that kind of position. It would still probably be a share, I'm assuming. I, I cannot wrap my head around him being like a bell cow, so I don't think that's the potential. It's not like Elijah Mitchell where we're like, he could be the 19-touch dude really forever, whereas this guy, I don't, I don't think that's the case. But is he interesting? Okay, I'll I'll give you that. I'll give you interesting, and I'm going to give you the Houston Texans. And I actually want to applaud you <laughs> for your restraint, not making that the top of the show because while I was watching, I was He's like, been twitching for an hour, He's like waiting. He's like, I'm, maybe that was the finale, and I'm no. giving it to you. I'm, I'm I'm giving it to you on a silver platter. I'm saying, you know what, Nando? Totally. But at the same time, I will say. Chris and I have a ton of Brandon Cooks, and we've been, we weren't like totally out on Houston. At least I, I have a ton of it. And, and based on our conversations, we, no one was against that. Uh, but, and that running back situation looks like it's Ingram, but honestly, they all played very similar snap counts. Uh, I want to see it again before uh, I can, you know, advise to go in on any Houston Texan other than Brandon Cooks because they had the dream matchup. They had Jacksonville's defense at home week one. Caught them by surprise with having no clue what to expect from the Houston offense. So let me see it after they go to Cleveland this week and see if Mark Ingram is getting 25 carries, you know, playing three scores from behind and and how they operate. So I, I want to see it again. So bitter. Yeah. I want to see it again, but I'm going to give you week one. No, no I don't want I'll, 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 oh, I'll give him week I'm, one. To Rod Taylor, too, even, baby. That's oh, right. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that. I But, you know, Mark Ingram looked like he's the lead, though. I mean, you know, he, he played in about 46% of the snaps. Everyone else played in like 28%. Um, you know, obviously he got the fantasy points, too, so that's great. But I don't know if I'm like all in on Mark Ingram all year being the dude. But um, he did look like the guy. So if he's out there, I'd grab him in terms of pickups. Uh, the only wide receiver, yeah, that I'm 100% in on is um, – Obviously, our guy Brandon Cooks, who just quietly, as we've said on the show numerous times, get th- gets thousand yard seasons all the time. So you know, why would you not take him where he was? Um, but uh, yeah, I I did get Danny Amendola in a dynasty league where no one's available, and I felt good about myself. <laughs> I was like, look at that. So you know, there's there's gonna be a little bit here or there. If you're in like a really deep dynasty league like me, where you're like literally picking up people that like you're just like thinking maybe someday we'll even make a team, then yeah, you know, whatever. But uh yeah. I Jacksonville's scary to me. Um we didn't discuss that, but that didn't look good either. I'm sure we can save it for next week because they seem like they're gonna be a disaster for a little while. And how is James Robinson your pass catching running back? Well, who I do guess you wanna I mean, yeah, I mean, well, once ETN goes down, now they're, they're scrambling for, you know, that third down type back. But James Robinson caught a ton of balls last year. He can get the job yeah. done. It's either that or Carlos Hyde. You know, they bring in Duke Johnson. They signed him. Uh, so maybe, uh, you know, he'll be that third down back for the rest of the season. But, you know. I got him. I got him on a Of course seven. you do. Well, no, I got – it was a team where I lost every – like the worst luck in the world in running backs. And I was just grabbing anyone I could and put him at the end of my bench and just like – Hope that something happens. 
And then prayed, yeah. yeah. But I was so surprised they only gave Robinson five carries. Although they were so behind, it was so terrible. Who knows? But he had six targets, you know. So, uh, you know, it, it'll be an interesting year. But I was kind of like, oh, we're, we're changing up the thing. But maybe it's just that he's going to be everything. Although it seems like Carlos Hyde was running, which was weird. I, I don't know. It, it it was weird. And this is why also it's week one. And like you said, we can talk about them later because we don't know. I have no idea what that team is going to look like. Uh, uh, urban, urban Meyer. Anyway, we're out of time. We got to go. Um, thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Chris, for your contributions to the rundown. And uh, maybe next week you can send some more. I uh, don't plan on it. I good doubt luck with it. Your, good luck with your fab bids tonight. Oh, I know. It's going to be a pain in the butt to do all of these. I know. But I mean, you're gonna 15 have to go weeks change. of it. You got to go change everyone to get more, uh, more Cordero Patterson in there now. You know it. Probably, yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, to the rest of us, ninety uh, percent of the world who actually did their bids last night, we hope you got everyone you wanted. Good luck seeing who falls and who got dropped, and uh, maybe you find some uh, some gold out of that. But for now, we are out of here. The normal people take over for the rest of this week on the show. The Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, Brandon Marion Lee, Chris, Chris McCarrow. <laughs> right, good luck week two. That's why, good that's luck. why I go to Chris first. Good luck week two, everybody. Bye.